Hello and welcome to the Corporate Storytime podcast series. My name is Lucas Robinson, the host of the podcast. On this pod, I'll get the opportunity to talk to ASX company leaders and innovators as they run through their personal executive journeys and the stories behind the companies they are helping to grow today. I'll be leveraging my experience as a former stockbroker and my current role with investor relations consultancy, Corporate Storytime. But enough of that. For now, let's gather around, come in close, and let me tell you a story. Welcome to another edition of the Corporate Storytime podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Swift Networks Group Managing Director, Brian Mangano. Swift Networks Group is an ASX-listed company which trades under the code SW1. The company supplies customised premium entertainment and engagement platforms delivered via television to mining and resources communities and into aged care facilities. In financial year 2023, SWIFT recorded a $1.1 million group EBITDA from revenue of over $19 million, with around $14 million of that revenue contracted as subscription revenue, which is recurring by its nature. Brian, we are talking during a fortnight where everyone's going on about Swift Entertainment Factor, although I don't think you've yet uh, performed to sell out shows at the MCG. Um, Instead of talking about American singers, maybe we can start with a run-through of the background of the Swift Networks business and how it came to be listed on the ASX. Great. Thanks Thanks very much for that, Lucas. Um, Yes, as tempting as it was to put the word Taylor somewhere in our... um, in our website and try and get a bit more hits, um, we uh, refrain from doing that. Well, I was unable to restrain myself in the uh, copy that I'm writing at the moment for the Corporate Storytime newsletter. It, it was just too obvious one to leave alone. Yes, it is. Yeah, very I'll, I'll, I'll run that by you later. That that may yet be left on the cutting room floor. Excellent. Um, yeah, so really the journey was swift. I mean, for me personally, I've been probably looking at Swift on the sidelines for, I'd say, five, four or five years now. I actually became an investor myself four years ago, and it really came through um, my personal um, uh, really association with a competitor for Swift, a company uh, called Acura that was subsequently sold to, uh, to Telstra Purple. And Swift was always this competitor that had a really good uh, product, was well recognised in the market, um, and a good team, uh, and this is you know, from sitting on the uh, on the sidelines. So I did invest in it, and the opportunity arose to get involved uh, personally, initially as uh, CFO and finance director, and then um, as uh, managing director. So I really took the helm in, oh, God, April. Um, oh, God, it'll be three years ago this April. So um, we have been here long enough to really... Uh, I think fully understand the business, see what's there, fix up uh, some of the issues of the past. Um, when we, when I first joined the business, we had just um, demerged with a, an entity that the business had acquired uh, just before COVID. That had been very poorly affected by COVID. It was um, a digital signage business that was in doctor surgery, so COVID really put pay to that business. So we demerged that, uh, sold that business off. And really from then, it's been, I suppose, trying to re-engage with the core of the business, which is really a, a tight team of people um, based around in Australia, a majority of that in Perth. And really the, the DNA of Swift comes from the mining side. Swift so started as a um, provider of two-way radio systems uh, to the mine sites. 
then it progressed further to actually really pioneer the introduction of IPTV into the Pilbara. So SWIFT was very dominant in that area um, and has uh, has gone through its ebbs and flows. And I think as it grew and became listed and then acquired other businesses, it moved away from mining and it wasn't its full, um, didn't have its full attention on it. So we really brought it back to that. But at the same time, um, and also just before COVID, Swift uh, launched its initial product into the aged care market, which is quite a sizable market in Australia with potential for huge growth. So um, what we thought was, well, a really good product really hit the market at the wrong time because uh, we had some very good deals lined up, COVID hit, uh, we weren't even able to actually even access um, aged care facilities to actually uh, install the product even and actually start the subscription arrangement with some providers. So since then, in the last uh, 12 months, um, really post-COVID, the aged care market has, has really uh, come alive again. People are getting out there, seeing what's around uh, the the government uh, department, Australian Government Department of Health and um, Aged Care, uh, released a massive big report, um, which I've got sort of sitting on my desk. It becomes a, a sort of bible of probably about 60, 70 pages on um, how digital and data can really influence the aged care sector going forward. And really, we see SWIFT as a large part of that. So we've got this bread and butter business, which is mining, which we've reinvigorated. Um, I suppose, re-engaged with that market, really solidified our relationships with a lot of our existing customers and, and are slowly acquiring new customers. We currently have, I think, about 7% of the mining um, oil and gas market in Australia. Yeah, so that's, that's 7% of the mining and resources market. Does that equate to, I, I don't, I, I'm not exactly sure of the numbers, but it's several thousand, of, you know, around 10,000 rooms? It's about 8,700 rooms at present in uh, for Swift Access. We do have other rooms for some legacy products as well. Uh, so we do have effectively a bit more market share in other areas. Uh, but really our prime product and really the, the product that we've, uh, I suppose, reinvigorated or relaunched was the first generation of Swift Access. And we're currently de developing the second generation of that product yeah, as well. Yeah, and that's the product that generates you know, substantial margins for the Yes, it, it, there's very strong margins in there uh, because it, there's two elements to Swift Access. Um, well, effectively, the whole Swift business, there's three elements to that. There's, and we, we try and simplify the business into these three elements being entertainment, engagement, and enablement. Entertainment's pretty self-explanatory. We, we, we basically uh, deliver um, new release uh, movies um, and TV entertainment, uh, similar to uh, most of the streaming services, but we have a release window ahead of the streaming services. And that's largely because we're selling it into what's called closed loop environments, like an aged care facility or a mining camp. Then we have um, the enablement, which is basically the installation of that product um, or the uh, support in relation to that product, or even um, increasing the, the Wi-Fi capabilities of a site or a, a facility. Then the, the real, uh, I suppose, future for Swift is this engagement product. So for us, that that element is is missing in a lot of um, environments, and that basically is to try and provide more than just a pure entertainment-based product. So um, that's a product which is effectively a, a SaaS product, a software as a service product. So it doesn't require um, 
uh, subscription agreements with the movie houses that we have for the entertainment product. It's purely a SaaS product that we can sell not just only into the mining industry and the aged care industry uh, within Australia, but hopefully internationally as well. And that's the one which effectively being a SaaS product, our only costs um, after selling that is really uh, support for that product. Right. So that's all been developed in-house. It has, yes. We have our own team uh, based in Perth uh, that develops and fully supports the product. So if anything goes wrong with our product, we have a 24-7 call centre. And if it really goes wrong, we've got the guys who developed it to tap on their shoulder and get them to uh, figure out what's happened. And that's bespoke for each unique setting that it's deployed in. It is. It is very bespoke. In fact, if you look at the two markets, the the underlying technology is the same for the two markets, being aged care and mining, but there is a subtle nuance in in terms of how the markets see the people who are using the product. So in mining, uh, it's very much a drive to seeing the the individual on a mine site as a guest. So it's like trying to create a resort-style experience so they feel they're getting the best there is. Um, for aged care, it's a bit different. They, they call, the, resident, the person in the aged care facility is called a resident, uh, and that's really because that's their home. You know, So it's a very much a, a drive towards a personalised experience, and that's what we try and create and tailor the content for those two markets. So, for instance, mining, it might be um, uh, Indigenous content or well-being content along with the new release movies. In aged care, it might be uh, in-chair exercise content or travel content or relaxation content, things that that demographic uh, requires along with a lot of other functionality that we can bring uh, to the screen in both their markets. for instance, mining, it might be health and safety updates or training or effectively the company intranet. Because what happens in mining, um, a lot of people aren't sitting in front of a, a computer all day like I do. They're basically driving hall packs, working on site, cleaning things, working in kitchens, making... TVs are everywhere, right? TVs are, are all through the camp and the operations. Yeah, exactly. Well, they all go back to their donger at night and have a TV to turn on. So that's their... I suppose, connection with um, with their employer. That is their only connection. A lot of these people don't even have a, an email address with their companies they work for. So if you're trying to disseminate information to your staff, the TV back in the room is, is the way to do it. Yeah. I'm probably just going back to the TVs that are in the rooms in the mining camps, uh, and you talked about the early release window that you get access to. I suppose that really speaks to the quality of the entertainment product that you're able to roll out to customers and the reason why, you know, people, when they get back from their 12-hour shift, want to tune into the product that you've got um, coming through the television system. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? You know, uh, the, the, yes. is, 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 am I right in saying it's sort of similar type content to what you might find on a, on a flight? Yes, it's very similar to, uh, say, a Qantas flight experience where you're basically seeing movies straight after cinematic release. So we're in, we're in this new release window, so it's ahead of Netflix, Stan or the other providers. So what we're giving people is something more than they get at home. So uh, there has been a trend in the past to people bring their own device, but what happens is people are just watching Netflix um, and they're trying to find the exact movies that they probably tried to watch five minutes earlier at home. That also has a big 
problem in that it creates a lot of bandwidth um, usage. So you can imagine a large site like a Roy Hill has 3,000 people. They're all getting off shift at the one time, all getting back to their rooms at the one time. Some people want to FaceTime their family. Other people are trying to download high-definition movies. It just doesn't work. The system will crash. So And, have- and at the end of the day... It's the operations that really require the bandwidth, so that you know the the, the business can make money from the the mining exactly right. resources. Exactly right. So our our package and our movies are actually um, cached on site, so it doesn't require bandwidth. So it it also allows um, the bandwidth to be a lot faster for people to FaceTime if people are watching movies that aren't actually drawing the use of bandwidth. So it's a it's a very I suppose elegant solution uh, for that industry, and it's um it's really it's adopted by um, the the major players who really want to have the best experience of their staff. People like um, Roy Hill and Mineral Resources they they provide the best for their people, and this is one way to do it. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, maybe we should get into what you are trying to do in the aged care market as well. I mean, obviously the mining. Um, the market, mining and resources market, is is really in your DNA. But uh, the growth in the business that I can see uh, is going to come, um, you know, largely from the enormous opportunity that you've got in the aged care market. And I know that you've been working in house and developing um, the aged care entertainment platform. Um, tell us about that. Where is that at in terms of its, you know, commercialization pathway? Yes, well, we have currently the current generation product and what we're currently developing is is the next generation product, which has a whole um, updated user interface and user experience. So we're adding a lot more functionality in that we're, and I suppose the key word we try and use is integration. So with Swift, um, we basically see ourselves as the, the company that owns the TV panel. We're the ones who can bring anything onto the TV panel. There has been a move in aged care over the years of trying to give people iPads and apps on their phone and, you know, trying to disseminate information and notices through that. It never works. Um, They run out of batteries, they get lost, they get broken, and the TV still is a device of choice. You know, I don't know what it's like for you, Lucas, but, you know, as you get a bit older, um, you know, you're suddenly wearing glasses to look at your phone. You know, you don't want to be... uh, you know, where you've got a nice big screen sitting in your room all day, that can provide any information. And it's familiar technology, right? I mean, for oh, most, most people in aged care facilities, they've had televisions all their lives. Exactly right, exactly right. So if we can enable that screen to provide a personalised experience where it greets them in the morning when, it, when they turn it, turn it on, when it puts their favourite um, TV channel on or favourite program on in the morning, for them and learns what they want, um, let alone um, a notice as to, you know, this is your breakfast menu ahead, this is the medication you should probably be taking with breakfast, these are your activities for the day. So think of it as Outlook and Google all put together tailored for you on the TV screen when you uh, when you first turn it on. So if you leave the TV on all day, it can be there as a reminder, um, it can be there as entertainment, it can deliver a whole lot more. And that's where we use this word engagement to encompass all those things that aren't just entertainment. So yeah, that's a that's a tremendous way of describing it. And my understanding is that um, you know, the residents' family members can also use um, you know, a portal to communicate and send photos and you know, just stay in touch and help help, you know, um some of the residents organize their days. 
Oh, exactly. Uh, that's and probably taking a step back when you look at aged care, there's four four groups you've got to satisfy. There's obviously the resident. There is um, the actual provider, the aged care business. Uh, there's the carer, so the staff that actually looks after those residents. And importantly, there's the family. So the family wants to know the residents take care of. They want that, that connectivity. And with an app that we've developed, it allows uh, the family to take pictures throughout the day and upload it straight to the TV screen. So it's a nice little personal experience. It's that little bit of connectivity. It's like, you know, hey, I know you're there. Um, and it's just automatic and simple and easy. And that's part of that, I suppose, integration into what we can do. So when we talk about you know, putting people's medication on the screen, that can be integrated into the systems that the aged care provider currently has. And these are the things that will really go a long way to help satisfy what is becoming a lot of regulatory requirements that are coming out of the government's um, digital uh, paper review on aged care and what technology can do to actually make aged care experience better for the carers, the resident, the family and the providers. Well, I mean, I think you describe the product that you've got in the aged care for for the aged care market really well and the regulatory environment. Why, why don't you just sort of paint some broad strokes about the size of the opportunity both in Australia and, and in other markets where you may be able to deploy um, your technology? Yeah, sure, Luke. I mean, that's that's probably the bit that's got me most exciting, uh, excited about it. It's in Australia alone, it's I think it's sitting at about two hundred twenty thousand beds just in aged care. Uh, we're not even talking um, uh, retirement living, independent retirement living, which is probably five times that number. And that two twenty is set to grow in the next five years to about three hundred thousand rooms. So it's quite considerable. And if you look at say the Anglosphere, um, what's that? Uh, New Zealand, UK, Canada. Um, and the United States, you're looking at a total of 2.6 million rooms at the moment. So that, there's going to be substantial growth in those markets. And that's where we see um, a real big market um, for this business. And that's why we've we've split the entertainment product from the engagement product. So we can sell the engagement product worldwide with um, the ability for people to select their own entertainment, whether they want the Swift entertainment package, whether they want to use Foxtel, Netflix, Stan, or whatever is local to their uh, country, they can do so. But the, the the actual screen that they turn on in the day at the morning is the Swift screen that brings all those things that are linked back to their community. And this is really important when you, you think of that that larger um, uh, retirement living environment. There's a there's a trend towards creating these retirement living villages with an aged care uh, centre core to them, and basically it's really this this part of post retirement. You move from one and eventually move into the other. But what they want to try and do is more and more create a sense of community. So you've got these people in these retirement living units who are totally au fait with Netflix, Stan, and um, everything else but you don't have a way to connect into them. This gives the ability to connect into them and to let them know there's this function at the central facilities, let them share in the sense of community that's there, let them have a, a notice board or whatever can be imagined can be put on the TV. I mean, one of the other things we do is live streaming from the central facilities. And that can be for someone who's maybe in the retirement living part who just wants to know what's going on or see if there's a, a spare spot in the gym or when the, what the church service is happening, or for someone who's in who's bedridden in the aged care facility who can't get out to the central facility, they'll be allowed to just look at a channel on a TV screen. So these are the things. The capability is is I suppose only limited by the imagination in this area. 
And it seems to me, I mean, as exciting as the mining space is, mining projects by their definition are finite, whereas when you're embedded in these um, aged care facilities, you know, they're going to be around for a very, very long time. Oh, yes, yeah. And we want to be, and this is why we're trying to be more than entertainment, you know, we we really want to be part of their ecosystem, you know, integral to their operations. So it isn't just about, you know, someone's got a, a, you know, a better Netflix or a better stand and people run off to that. It's about the engagement piece, really locking people in. And hence the entertainment is there as a, I suppose, a, a nice to have as opposed to what we want to be with the engagement product, which is a need to have. And this yeah. is where we, we've, we've been quite careful how we curate what goes into which bucket in some way. So you might have the in-chair exercise uh, programs and the um, relaxation content will go in the um, engagement bucket. So effectively, that is a, a probably a critical need to have in the engaged care environment, whereas, say, maybe lifestyle programming or movies sits more in the entertainment side. Yeah, so it's almost like the entertainment piece is like the Trojan horse for all of those other valuable um, service offerings that you can embed into yeah. the SASS, SSA, well, services of software. Yeah, oh. SAS. Yeah. SAS. And, that's, and, that's, and that's right. And it's also the price differential. So you have in, in a lot of aged care facilities where people ask for, um, I suppose, extra services where they pay a bit extra for a difference, uh, maybe a, a glass of wine with the meal or the morning newspaper or an entertainment package. So you have some people doing that, but then that excludes the people who aren't doing that from the community. So, again, we've listened to our clients who have said, well, we need something really as a device for all our clients. So they can basically, the provider can take on the entertain, the, sorry, the engagement package for everyone in their community and basically the people who want to go with Swift for the entertainment for their additional services can or they could go Foxtel, Netflix or Stan or whoever else. So it gives them the ability to choose um, but it also gives people a sense of community that everyone belongs. It isn't exclusive which is the issue that a lot of them have. Mm. Yeah, well, um, I mean, probably moving on to now some of the uh, financial and strategic um, goals of the company. Uh, I mentioned uh, in the introduction uh, the financial metrics regarding profit and revenue from uh, last financial year 2023. As you look forward, you know, uh, the financial year 2024 is now more than halfway through and, and, and beyond that. What are the goals of the company uh, from a financial and strategic corporate point of view? Well, in some ways... As a business, we're almost a startup um, because really, I mean, probably more selfishly, this, this, I started two and a half, nearly three years ago, and that's when the world of Swift really started for me as being part of the business. And in some ways, having divested the previous business has really cleaned the slate for us. We've, we've developed this new product and this new technology. So we've become this startup with an actual set of existing customers. So as you mentioned earlier, we're doing $14 million of subscription revenue. So we've got that in probably majority of that in three-year contracts. So, and a lot of these contracts are with customers we've had for eight, nine years who just keep renewing. So we've got a great base on which to build. So unlike a lot of startups, we're not uh, hugely capital hungry. We're not basically raising money just to basically feed a, a build it and they will come mentality. We're basically a sustainable business. So we've got the benefits of a startup and the upside of a startup without the uh, the capital um, requirements of a, uh, of a new business. And that's 
allowing us to grow, um, but albeit um, slow as we've got back into the market and we're just re-engaging with these markets, as I said earlier, because of COVID and basically because of um, the businesses' focus earlier in mining. Um, but we're aiming to keep growing that subscription revenue. That's the focus of the business. And if you look at, I suppose, we've gone from January 22 to now, 8,700-odd rooms in mining and I think it's about 2,800 in aged care. So it's quite strong growth in a very short period of time of our new product. So that's what we're sort of looking at. Um, so effectively, we want to get to the point where our subscription revenue fully covers all our costs. So right now we have a, a mix of subscription revenue and also what we call project revenue, which is revenue which we generate from either installing the product or upgrading people's uh, comms systems, usually on mine side. So that can be very lumpy in nature. It can range from 3 million one year to 7 million the next year. So it, it goes up and down based on the timing of a particular project. If a, if a Roy Hill wants to totally upgrade their entire mine site, that can be millions of dollars. So that hits in a particular month or a particular year, it'll create a spike. So we have been relying on that to balance the books. But as our subscription revenue grows, that will more than cover that. And basically, the project revenue becomes um, pure, um, straight to the bottom line margin, effectively. That's good. Well, I mean, do you want to touch on the team? I mean, the, the, the board you've got has got real sort of relevant experience, I think. Um, yeah, we've got some really good um, uh, high-caliber players on the board. Uh, player isn't probably the right word, but we have um, Charles Fear, who uh, who started Argonaut, uh, the uh, Perth-based investment um, broking house, um, some years back. He's um, he's integral to the business and um, understands uh, what we need to, to achieve and and very, very much a, a good steady hand to help guide the business. Um, and he's only been with the business for two years now. Um, Brad Dennison's also a recent joiner. He's ex-Fleetwood um, Managing Director. He's also personally involved um, with the aged care industry, more on a property side um, and retirement living. He's actually actively involved in that area as well. So he's integral in actually understanding that side of the market it has brought some great contacts to the table. And of course, we have Pippa Leary, who's currently works for uh, News Corp. She was the uh, previous uh, MD of the business. So it's been a great um, guiding hand or mentor to me as we've uh, helped transition the business uh, from really a, a orig originally a, when I started a Sydney-based business to a, to a Perth-based business. Excellent. Well, that's a great overview. Um, thanks, Brian. Um, I, I suppose looking through the lens of a former stockbroker, I see uh, it's a profitable business uh, with um, outstanding growth prospects uh, and a market cap that's, you know, around what the revenue was last financial year. Um, it's a compelling proposition, I think. So um, keep going uh, and really looking forward to seeing how um, the, the aged care market opportunity particularly plays out for you. Yes, and that's, and that's the thing we are. Um, some great opportunities in aged care. We're, we're talking to a number of uh, people there. We've we've spent considerable time in, engaging with that market, uh, going to all the conferences, talking to some of the major players, talking to the providers, talking to even academics who are involved in this area. Uh, really, to to really listen to our customers and our potential customers to see what they want. 
And that's helped really guide and shape the not just the current generation product, but the next generation product that we are launching in October uh, of Swift Access. That'll be launched at the um, what's called the ACAPA conference. It's the big national aged care uh, conference in Adelaide in October. So very much looking forward to that. Um, I mean, hopefully we'll probably sell some of that before that even happens. Um, and that will be really exciting because that brings a lot more functionality a very, very slick user interface, um, best of class, uh, that will be, um, I think, really appreciated by the aged care market because it, it it really demonstrates, to my mind, that we have been listening and that's key to the success of any business is actually listen to your customers. Well, that probably wraps it up nicely because I think this will be proved to be a, a good listen for our Corporate Storytime podcast audience. Um, and it is nice, really nice to be able to talk to a company uh, outside of the uh, the regular sort of resource um, executive that we normally have um, uh, for a conversation on this podcast. Um, Swift is obviously a company with uh, revenue and a bottom line and uh, and an outstanding um, uh, sort of pipeline of opportunities. So well done on your um, tenure as managing director and before that CFO so far and really looking forward to seeing where you take the company from here. Right. Thanks so much, Lucas. Thanks for your time and uh, really appreciate the story time. Good on you, mate.